Today's scripture reading comes from Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God, so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. It's always a pleasure to be able to preach from God's word. I I think uh, every time I come up here, I'm always just in awe of who God is, particularly in times of worship when we just sing and offer our praises to God. The fact that we, on behalf of all creation, are able to use our breath and use our bodies to point to the one who created it all, to point to the one who is above all and working in all and working through all. And we're grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm also grateful to be able to wear my vest again. Um, That heat was, that was something. But I'm glad the edge is off. I'm glad it's vest weather. It's the vest. And uh, grateful for that. That's such a dad joke. I'm so sorry. Um, But this morning, we're going to be engaging once again in the text of Hebrews 11. Um, Throughout the time that we get to, um, me and alongside our chapel preaching team, get to talk about the ways that God has been faithful through all of these different stories that are mentioned in chapter 11. We get to see how this text points us to various points in history. And we will come to understand that God has been present in the midst of all that. And God's purposes have been made in the stories of many throughout the entirety of Scripture. And as we examine each of these people, we learn that they are commended for their faith, but their lives are are messy and complex. Their their lives are broken. And, And as we listen even to the stories of our own community, we will quickly learn that life's journey is not easy. That with, it includes many moments of wounds and, and hurt. And yet in the midst of it all, we find God. The verse that Adley read for us says that faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The writer is telling us that faith is not solely about holding on to certain teachings. It's not just head knowledge about God existing, but it's rather a strong conviction, a strong conviction that God is at work in us and in our world and working around us. That faith uh, means that although we can see things, maybe the chaotic, the uncontrolled, the, the, the things that are happening around us that maybe cause us anxiety, that God's existence, that God's strength, that God's power is in the midst of us, leading us and guiding us towards the reconciliation of all things. It's not just a mental agreement that we have. 
It is this understanding that God is active in our world. Hebrews chapter 11 illustrates this, that that our faith also needs to move us into action. That faith is not passive, but that it is a part of our partnership with God's redemptive mission in our world. And if we believe that there is more to life than what we see, true faith shapes us into the newness of life and transformation by God's spirit. And so it's, a, it's a essential for us to recognize that faith doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. Before Hebrews chapter 11 goes into these stories of faith, it reminds us that everything came into existence because of God. We are pointed back to the very beginning of the story. Before we go on and talk about Abraham and Moses and Sarah and all of these different characters in Hebrews chapter 11, we start off with God. We start off with the understanding that God created all things. Often when someone wants to establish their credibility, um, they let you know that they've been doing something for a long time. Um, it, it's kind of a, a way of letting people know that, you, that, um, that they are worthy of your trust. I, I think about that when I go to Costco. Um, Costco's a great place, by the way. Um, I, I, had, I had this like beef bologna thing the other day. Whew, solid. It was good. That was a good sample. Um, but, uh, but, but the people that I go to talk to and ask questions, what I look at in, on, their, on their name tags is that it not only has their name, but it tells you how long they've been working at Costco. Many of them 10, 15 years. Like the longevity of, of employees at Costco uh, speaks not only of like, like their knowledge, but their like love for the place that they work. They stay there. And so it, it makes you understand, it makes you feel like this place, these people who work here are worthy of your trust when they tell you something. That this place has this continuity, this longevity of being consistent and being a good place for business. Many businesses under their logo will put, um, you know, we've been in business since like a certain year, right? And, and, and they put that there, you know, like if they've been in business for 20 years. I was actually walking uh, yesterday back to my office and I saw this uh, big truck that was, you know, backing into the Nicholson Commons uh, loading dock area and it was golden malted waffles. It's apparently the waffle mix that we use in the, in the calf. And, you know, it says, golden malted waffles, America's waffle, right? I'm like, oh, that's, that's a bold claim. Cool, yeah. Um, since 1937. It is this idea that, like, this place has been in existence for a long time. This place has been doing business for a long time. And in the same way, the author wants us to see that we can trust God in the present because we've seen all that God has done in the past. We've seen that God has been consistent age to age, year to year, in season and out of season, that God has been in the midst of all of it, in the good and the hard, in the bad and the ugly, that God is there. Actually, in Genesis chapter one, we read this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. This phrase, in the beginning, is so profound because it speaks about who God is. God is not only the one who created all things, but God created all things. God is sovereign, and God is outside of time. That God is outside everything that, we, that, that was created. The last time I spoke, I spoke about how God introduces God's self, and he says, I am that I am, Yahweh. That God's existence doesn't depend on anyone. God simply and profoundly is. And this uniqueness is what makes God unique and holy and other. And and immediately within this establishment of who God is in Genesis chapter 1, the writer tells us how the earth is created or how the earth is says the earth was formless. It was void. It was dark. It had chaotic waters. In Hebrew literature, the waters and the seas are a symbol of chaos. Uh, I don't know about you, but when you go inside the ocean, I am both in awe and in fear of what is happening in the waves. You, 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 you're, you're seeing the beauty of these strong waves that are coming at you, but also when they knock you down, and it's pretty frightening. And it says that the spirit, even there, in the darkness, the void, and the chaos, that the spirit was hovering over the waters, that even there, God is. I am who I am is there. And in the midst of the chaos and the darkness, God's spirit hovers and sits. The, the word hovers brings to mind when I would teach my kids how to ride their bikes. You know, I'm this like helicopter parent as they're like going, you know, on their bike and they're like wobbly and they don't know what to do. And they'll make this quick turn and, you know, or my son's like shoelace would get stuck on the, you know, on, 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 the, on, the, on the wheel. And I'm there trying to help them, you know, if they're able to, if they fall or if I'm able to just catch them before they do, that God sits and God hovers and is there in the hard and the messy and the chaotic. The beginning of scripture begins with that. It begins with a God who sits in the hard. And yet God not only sits and hovers, but God speaks God speaks, and with God's word, light breaks through. God says, let there be light, and there was light. And the chapter continues that everything that was full of chaos and without dis- with, with, with disorder, that God brings into order, and God creates and brings forth new life. In Genesis chapter 2, God gives us this picture of this holy, outside-of-time God, creating humanity out of dust and breathing into humanity, into their nostrils, the breath of life. That not only does God hovers, but God enters in and intimately brings life into this human being, blows into their nostrils the gift of life, 
God gives of God's self, his own spirit. Spirit and, and, and breath in the Hebrew are interchangeable. And when God gives life, he's giving of himself to us so that we can have new life. What a beautiful image. What a beautiful image that God creates and gives himself so that we can have life. This is the God that we are called to put our faith in. This is the God who is trustworthy, worthy of our trust, because God has set this precedent from the very beginning. And so we see this time and time again, a God who's, who enters in, a God who bring, brings light into the darkness, a God who brings hope in hopelessness, order in chaos. And in John chapter one, we are pointed to the same phrase in the beginning. It says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning and through him, all things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. God not only speaks light into darkness. God becomes the light in the darkness. We get to put our faith in a God who became light in the darkness through Jesus Christ. God takes on our humanity in Jesus. God becomes like one of us. God lives like us. God suffers like us. And through Jesus, Jesus dies like one of us. God in Jesus enters into the most deepest and the most chaotic part of our lives and just sits there. One of the most impressive things I find about God's, about Jesus's death and resurrection is that Jesus doesn't just come back to life automatically, but Jesus stays in the death three days, sits there enters into the pain and the loss and the brokenness of humanity and hovers and stays. It reminds me of the psalm that says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, in the Sheol, in the valley or the place of death, even there, your hand will guide me. You are there. Your right hand will hold me fast. God is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the beginning and the end. And God also sits with us in the middle and the chaotic, in the waiting, with the promise of hope and new life, that new life will emerge because of God and through God. Isaiah 43 says this, he says, see, I'm doing something new. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is here and, and making life happen where it seems impossible, springing up growth and joy when there was once sorrow, desiring to see us all the way through and wanting to create something beautiful out of something that is broken. And often when we can't see it, we're still called to have faith 
and trust because God has always proven to be trustworthy and true. And God has shown it to us from the beginning that God and God's purposes always make its way through. I was um, looking through uh, something that I, I felt like would, would kind of capture a little bit of what it means uh, for, for beauty and brokenness to kind of intermingle. And I was brought to mind of uh, this art form in Japan called Kintsugi. Kintsugi is this Japanese process of mending and, and bringing and restoring broken pottery. Often uh, it's people who like, these are like family heirlooms that have been broken. And they bring them to someone who can come and fix this. But what I like about this process is that the person who is, is performing this puts it back together but then also in the midst of the cracks, adds gold into it. What I love about this is that the gold ends up just accentuating even more the cracks that were there. It doesn't hide it. It doesn't hide that it was once broken. And yet, what happens in the midst of this is that you see the beauty in the midst of what has been broken you see something new. Something that maybe was worth five or ten dollars is now worth ten to twelve thousand dollars. That in the midst of our brokenness, God shines through. That God can use our pain and our suffering and God can use all these things to make us new. That God is the one who not only sat in death, but also raised Jesus from death and brought him to new life. And through that, we have the hope of new life because we have faith in Jesus Christ. That through that, the pain and the brokenness in our own lives can be healed, can be mended, but also that God can make us new. And through that, we can point to the one who has been faithful for every generation. I want you to understand this, that, that God doesn't desire to take us back to what was. God wants resurrection for us. Amen. That God wants new life for us. And, and new life isn't about going back. It's not about uh, uh, just being who we were before. It's not about restart. It's about rebirth. That God is making something new in the wasteland, in the desert, where the, maybe the places where it just seems impossible that God can actually do something, God always works in that. I have to tell you that in these days, this is exactly what God is speaking to my life. This is exactly what God has been teaching me in these days. That newness of life, that rebirth, that the life of resurrection is possible and is there and God sits with us not only in the pain and the sorrow and hovers, but also brings us and restores us and brings us to new life. It's about making something new. It's about making something better. 
It's about a new humanity that we see through Jesus. It's about a new way of life to be better and to be made whole. Lastly, in Revelation 21, God gives us a glimpse of the newness of all things. God gives us a glimpse of the new heaven and the new earth. It says that God's dwelling place is among God's people and God will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. And there will be no more pain. And no more crying. And no more mourning. Because the old order of things have passed away. And again, it points us back to the beginning. It says, and there will be no more sea. No more chaotic waters. That God will bring all things back into order. And the writer leaves us with this beautiful statement of hope to proclaim who God is. It says this, he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. We serve a God who we can put our faith in. We serve a God who time and time again shows us that we can trust in God. And so this morning, as we reflect on this truth, what I'd like for us to do is just spend some moments um, in examination. On the screen, I have a couple of questions for us to ponder on. As we think about God's faithfulness and what God can do in and through us, the newness of life that God invites us into, the questions I have for you is this. Where are the places in your life that are in need of God's spirit, God's hovering spirit to bring wholeness and renewal in your life? What are the ways that God is inviting you into new life? Maybe as you examine your life, you're thinking, oh my goodness, there are so many things that I need to let go. There are things that I need to leave behind. There are ways that God is prompting me to live into the life of Jesus, into this new way of being, this new humanity. And so this morning, I'd like for us to think about these things. What are the ways that God is inviting you? What is the way that that the Spirit is drawing you in and inviting you into a deeper relationship and a deeper trust and faith in God? So this morning, let us reflect on these.